to us. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolph fans? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And on today's show, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Wednesday was the first day of camp, but today felt like the true first day of football with a packed house, a sold-out crowd joining us for practice today. We have a day four report, including Coach McDaniel addressing the media, a full practice breakdown, some hype videos from Tyreek Hill and Blaze Andres, and some player availability. We spoke to Emmanuel Ogba, Mike Gesicki, Sony Michelle, Teddy Bridgewater, and Brandon Jones. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is the Drive Time Podcast. That's I think there's no other way to start this podcast than to go with some pre-practice activities. Let's go ahead and pick it up first here with Tyreek Hill, who did a backflip and then egged the crowd on for some encouragement and some excitement. Here's Cheetah. So that was the backflip. Popcorn rating, and you think that's a pretty impossible act to follow, but uh, you would think incorrectly because up next, we were blessed by Blaze Andrews, undrafted rookie from Minnesota, who's got a pretty nice profile as a player, but perhaps an even better one as a pure entertainer as he went full on Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think there's an updated re- wrestling reference here that I'm not really familiar with. Either way, here's Blaze Andrews getting the crowd hyped after Tyreek did his job. That was me saying, oh my goodness, and laughing because how do you not when a guy takes a couple of cans of Skittle-flavored C4 and smashes them on his head to open them up and takes a swig and goes right back to the stretching line? How do you get more hyped up for a training camp practice than that? It was absolutely beautiful. And what you didn't get from that is the video aspect of, of him smashing those cans and clapping them together. He cracked him first, though. So to give them the little bit of resistance in terms of the smashing. So a smart entertainer at that as well. Let's go back to the beginning of the day. And man, it sure felt like the start of football season because nothing, nothing beats the buzz and the sound you get from fans reacting. It's the best at Hard Rock Stadium on Sundays, but I'll take the sold out crowd here at practice at the Baptist Health Training Complex any day of the week. 
Even the beat guys I was sitting with were feeling the energy and given some oohs and ahs. It's infectious when you get out there. Let's hear from the head coach now, Mike McDaniel, on how pumped he is to have fans back at practice. But first, just before that, coach on 2022 memberships being sold out and the waiting list for season tickets in 2023 and how much that fan support means to coach Mike McDaniel. We'll do that first and then come right back after that with the uh, quote from coach talking about fans back at practice. It's everything. It's uh, it's important enough um, that I... Uh, I think it's important to communicate it to the players. I think it's something the, that, you know, we're not entitled to. Um, but it's a competitive advantage, and it's kind of why you do think, you do what you do, you know. So um, it's, it, it's really something cool to, that the players know about. It means a lot, too. Um, and we're, you know, it's just another reason for us to go about our daily process um, with a fine-tooth comb to make sure um, that we we pay them back for their investment in us. Um, and, I, and I think that's something that the players, coaches, and the organization holds true to heart. That's for games and now coach on fans at practice here for training camp. I love having fans at practice. It's kind of true to my heart um, because that's literally full circle. That's where it, um, training camp practice in Greeley, Colorado um, for the Denver Broncos where I got, um, where this whole thing for me started. So the, there, there is a connection that I think, um, you can ha- have with your, with, with the fans in that you're, and I tell the players, um, a good amount is, you know, how fortunate are you to be doing something that, yeah, it, there's a lot of, um, front end commitment, there's a lot of sacrifice. Um, again, people don't realize that players only have one day off a week for like seven months straight. Um, but that it's also purposeful because not only are you trying to have success for your um, for yourself for your team, but how cool is it that you um, there's there's millions of people that you can make their day a little more positive, make Monday work day a little bit better. Um, uh, just by doing what you do, uh, you know, everybody wins. So uh, that, that's um, really true to my heart, close to my heart, and it's, uh, the guys are fired up uh, and, feel, and feel pretty fortunate. Sorry. You know, I'll, you never know when my statement's going to stop, so <laughs> it is a tough jump in. Uh, uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. It was a pretty fun moment with some levity there at the press conferences. Someone tried to jump in, but Coach wasn't done talking yet. Uh, and he just he basically said, don't worry about it, man. It's not a big deal. But I just think that in, in this sport, in this league, it's so easy when you you know reach a certain point to kind of lose sight of some things. And for Coach McDaniel to recognize the importance of the fans and really the, the driving force. I mean, it's everything he said about what they do. And, and just the acknowledgement of... <clears throat> making a work day on Monday better for a football fan by, by winning a game, right? Or by just bringing a little bit more positivity to someone's life because the sport they love, the team they love is accomplishing things and doing things the right way and having fun doing it. It's just those little things to me speak to Coach McDaniel's entire, the entire product that he brings from a head coach perspective, a leader of the organization. And I'm excited to see where it goes because I think that he definitely has, you know, the right mindset with that stuff. And, and 
I think the fans will love to hear that too. And that's the kind of guy that, you know, from a player's perspective, you want to go out there and, and really fight your butt off for. So great stuff there from Coach. I think my favorite quote the entire day was a tongue-in-cheek follow-up question that Coach reciprocated. He was asked if there was some 10-year-old protege in the stands coming for his job, you know, during these practices. And Coach said, that's why I don't allow any ambitious children to practice. <laughs> that was the one thing I cut out. Really good joke there from Coach. Also liked what he said about Raheem Mostert, who earned the fastest time speed of anybody at Friday's practice, something Coach says that he announces at every team meeting, and that Raheem got something of an unsolicited round of applause from the guys as they appreciated the work that he put in to get himself ready to go back onto the field after that injury in 2021. Javon Holland, moving on to the defense, was in the orange jersey for the second time this season, the first two-time winner of that distinction. And Coach was asked about his second-year safety out of Oregon and the impressions he has of Javon Holland through the first few practices here in 2022. I like having him, um, especially on, on the team that I'm on and not the team that I'm playing against. Um, he's, uh, it's been cool. I didn't know too much about him um, uh, before I'd studied uh, uh, our tape here. Uh, and his play as a rookie was very impressive. Um, and there, the way he's been diligent about approaching his craft, um, he's serious about um, continuing to take his game to the next level. Uh, and, and that, uh, as an impact player, is something that the um, Dolphins team, all of us, are dependent really on. Really good stuff there from Coach. I also thought the comment from coach on Mike Gesicki in the blocking game was excellent about how he wants to attack blocking with a different severity than he has ever before. And he's fortunate and we're fortunate that guess what? His position coach, John Embry, will settle for nothing less. So all those things are something I think he's definitely embracing and I'm excited to see what it looks like when it's all said and done. Again, just sounds good. And then here with Chase Edmonds, he had himself a big day, right? More on that in just one moment. But here's coach McDaniel talking about the evaluation of Chase Edmonds and the evolution of Chase Edmonds' game going from, you know, talk about a free agent or a new acquisition who's been in one scheme for so long, coming to a new scheme and using multiple things. Here's Coach talking about Chase Edmonds, the evaluation process, and how far along he's come so far here as a Miami Dolphin. No, it's a, it's a cool process because you are aware that um, it is unique. You know, evaluating Chase in the offseason, we knew that the stuff he was doing um, wasn't the exact same uh, as what we plan on doing. That being said, um, you're evaluating how people uh, approach space, how people play off blockers, how people make defenders miss. Um, so, again, that's why I don't get ahead of myself about, all right, he's right here, it's going to be this way. Uh, he's been a great example of watching someone progress. He's um, really in the last couple of days put some tremendous things um, on tape um, with that regard in that scheme. It's a process, but you just talk through it. Um, and it's pretty, you know, when it clicks for guys, it's very enjoyable and it, it helps them. Once it clicks once, then the buy-in is real and they just continue um, uh, approaching things the same way moving forward. Really, really helps them play faster um, when it comes to real live game bullets and people are actually trying to tackle them. Let's go ahead and finish up right here with one last question, a question about what coach has learned about this team through the first week and a half or so, or I should say half week or so of training camp. I've learned that there, there's been some trust that's been earned on both sides, I think. Um, 
I think that uh, I, you know, really challenge them to, you know, everybody wants to say that you want to do these um, superfluous things and yada yada, but what about doing? And what I've seen in three days is, um, is guys that are following their words with actions. They, they, they care about their teammates. Um, they have approached, uh, approached each and every day with the ultimate professionalism. Um, and then there's been little pieces along those couple days that you're like, hey, that's not what we want for what we're trying to get done. And um, I think it's happened a, a couple times each and every day, and every time um, it's been corrected. So that, that also tells you a lot as well. So pre, um, couldn't be um, more excited to chop wood and go on to step four of uh, this, this training camp process um, with every day just being one step. Let's go ahead and take our first break and come back on the other side and get to, that's right, notes from a fun, fun practice here at the Baptist Health Training Complex. That's next on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield. We are brought to you by AutoNation. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears, <laughs> crying. Tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And what a treat it was for the fans that came out on Saturday. We're back here on the Drive Time Podcast recapping that Saturday practice. As once the team broke from individual work, the receivers and cornerbacks came over for one-on-ones right in front of the grandstands. And it was all about the shot plays, the deep vertical throws down the field. And this period, I think, was a pretty good indication of the kind of day we were going to see from quarterback Tua Tungavailoa as he dropped in multiple excellent passes, but three excellent balls right into the bucket during this period. Almost a fourth, but it was a bit too far for Tyreek Hill. Overshot his guy there. Two overthrowing Tyreek is something that uh, it's a little bit noteworthy. With Xavier Howard in coverage, in great shape alongside Cheetah there, but the three hits, number one, to Cedric Wilson up the far sideline. And that play was a good indicator of Wilson's ability to get vertical and stack defensive backs. He did it all career long, four years. Is that the right phrase there? His whole career in Dallas, he did that, getting vertical, getting deep on guys, and using his size to get down the field. He's got this innate ability to do that and then track the pass in a way that kind of keeps the defensive back out of harm's way. Thought we saw that on this rep, and the ball just descended right into the breadbasket, just like it did on our second hit to Jalen Waddle up the near sideline. 
Waddle had a couple of steps, probably the easiest window of the four deep shots that Tua hit today, and he didn't miss. Uh, pitch and catch from about 40 yards right on target. That was cool to see. And then number three, Muhammad Sanu Sr. And this one wasn't a straight deep route, but rather angled towards the pylon, like a flag route kind of. And he just lays it out over the top, kind of akin to the ball that he threw to Mike Gesicki in Buffalo last year, that fourth down dime where he just laid it out over the top, over the underneath defender right into the breadbasket. Again, three really good shots right there from Tua in the one-on-one period. Also in that period, Trill Williams had another one of those reps that gets him into the notes every day, really. Physical at every juncture of the route, drives on the route, gets his hands on a pass for a PBU. Number six every day has done that so far. Skylar Thompson had a deep shot of his own to Preston Williams. That was up there for ball of the day, too, because it was a really, really good throw. And Skylar Thompson can drive the football down the field. You see the raw traits for this kid coming together and watching him kind of get better every day in practice. He's a fun guy to watch play. Jalen Waddles snared a one-handed grab with Xavier Howard all over him. It was probably like a two-yard game, but X pressed and, and really won the rep, but Jalen still caught the football. Xavier versus Tyreek and Jalen has been, <laughs> as you can imagine, appointment viewing. I can't wait to get Byron Jones back out here and watch the four of those guys go at it. Tyreek's best route today might have been a double move where he generated a pretty good bit of cushion. You know, he's going one direction, slams on the brakes and kind of ducks under the potential arm grab of the cornerback. And I think it was Noah Igbenogany on this one. And Tyreek kind of, you know, uses that savvy veteran arm to kind of help him create a little more separation, but the suddenness does that job too. And then again, Tua knows Tyreek's tricks at this point because the ball is, it finds him right out of those breaks, like bang, bang. And it's it's what you want to see. That timing has been money so far in camp. Braylon Sanders, the UDFA out of Ole Miss, had, I think, the catch of camp. It was an overhand, one-handed, palm-style, Odell Beckham-style catch. Like, it didn't even look real. (laughs) I don't know how he snagged that thing. It just reminds you of how crazy talented each of these guys are out there. It's, It's incredible to watch. And then Sanders, I mean, he's off to a very nice start this camp. You might recall on the UDFA podcast with Emery Hunt from CBS Sports HQ that he noted Sanders as one of his UDFAs that popped off the tape to him. Really good deep ball production there at Ole Miss. I literally peek over to the O-line, D-line pit drills for one matchup, and I'll get to more of those as we go along in practice, I promise. You're just throwing deep balls right in front of me. I'm not going to watch that. But I look over, and there's number 15, Jalen Phillips, showcasing his pass rush arsenal to the point that he got he goes upfield, gets his man leaning one direction, and then redirects back inside and swipes that inside shoulder, and it puts the guy you know back on his on his backside and flies by for a would-be sack if we count sacks in this one-on-one drill with no quarterback. I'll count it. Then we go to the team period. Uh, the first team period portion of practice, and it begins with Chase Edmonds hitting some explosives. Man, he looked really, really good today in practice. Coach talked him up. You heard him talk a little bit about uh, the proclivity for the studying aspect of the game that Edmonds displays, and I think today it kind of clicked for him a bit in the terms of the vision and decisiveness because he was hitting some small creases with ferocity, man. He was it, it looked stacked up, but number two was scored out the other side. And it's not like, you know, they're tagging off and letting him go. Like he's finding these creases and finding daylight and getting through them quickly before the defense can get off their blocks and make a play. I don't think I've seen a back hit that many chunk runs in one practice since I got here in 2020 and certainly not 2019, the year I was here with Locked On Dolphins uh, and that running game. Pretty, pretty impressive. The first play, he showed the speed by getting outside the defense 
and winning the edge before getting ushered out of bounds for about seven or eight yards or so. And Austin Jackson had a really, really good seal block on that run. Uh, Good to see Jackson get some good work in there. Then he gets a gap inside that he plunges through to a one-on-one situation with Brandon Jones. And man, I wish we could simulate these instances, you know, every day in practice, but obviously keeping guys healthy is your number one priority. No friendly fire there, but there was a couple of instances where it's Edmonds one-on-one with the safety. I just want to see if we have a 10-yard gain or a 60-yard touchdown. That's all. One of my favorite quarterback plays of the day was an incomplete pass to Edmonds from Tua. I can't tell you the call or, or what you know the, the particular alert was, but it looked to me like Edmonds motioned out and no one picked him up. So Tua calls for this quick snap and flicks the ball down the field with a ton of arc, like throw it to his face, go get it, chase. And that's why I loved it. It's one, hey, if someone's uncovered, throw it to him, right? But also the better part of the whole thing was Javon Holland corrected the potential gaffe of the defense because of his range and he contested Edmonds who had to lay out for the pass and it just goes incomplete out of his reach but if if Holland didn't recognize it I think it would have been a walk-in touchdown so some good on both sides there also in the backfield John Lovett the fullback had a key pickup on a Jalen Phillips rush to allow Tua time to find a, a short pass to chase Edmonds it was a really good pocket Phillips comes in late and Lovett rotates over and picks up that block and Tua finds the short pass for a catch and run by Chase Edmonds and then also in the backfield Miles Gaskin I thought had his best day so far with some very decisive runs of his own one run in particular really impressed me where he presses up to the line and then kind of runs horizontally laterally to the offensive line to win the corner it's a smart running back Miles Gaskin Uh, Back to the quarterback. No, it's a little bit scattered here today, but Tua had a couple of these intermediate rips, including the first pass of the day, a 20-ish yard completion. Uh, The intermediate passing game has really been the biggest thing I've noted so far from practice, although Saturday was all about the long ball. But uh, he had a nice rip to Tyreek Hill on that first period. But I think Christian Wilkins got in because he won that rep, and I'm pretty sure he would have had a sack on that play. So, yeah, some give and take. Another really good matchup that was a situation of good on good was Hunter Long getting a vertical route opportunity against Duke Riley up the sideline. And Teddy Bridgewater puts the ball in a great spot, but Riley was step-for-step with Hunter Long and broke the pass up. He's also had some nice work in the running game, a very good camp so far for Duke Riley. Speaking of linebackers, Channing Tindall. Stop me if you heard this before. Another play where he explodes through the line for a would-be collision in the backfield, a tackle for loss. He's done that at least once each practice that we've been at out here. And Jerome Baker had a bunch of plays today too. My favorite was a display of, of just pure speed from double nickels, 55, where he got around the edge. And you'll hear this term from me a lot in the podcast, to scrape. And basically what that means is you want your your inside shoulder to scrape right off the outside shoulder of the furthest man outside. That's the best way to fill your gap and, and have that gap integrity. He comes from his middle of the field alignment and scrapes all the way around the outside edge to set that edge and meet the running back there or beat the running back to the spot and eventually get the tackle. He was all over the field on Saturday's practice. So was Andrew Van Ginkle, who had a big day, a couple of sacks. One was an effort sack where he kind of continued to work as Teddy Bridgewater surveyed against very good coverage and very good pass pro, but he had to eat it. Andrew Van Ginkle comes off the block and gets the sack. Then later, he won immediately with a wicked double hand swipe. He took both the hands, swiped the punch of the offensive lineman, and then dipped that inside shoulder, flattened corner to the quarterback, and he got in there for a very... That was the quickest sack I think I've seen in camp was Van Ginkle's today. He also finished practice by falling into coverage and deflecting a pass from two, a little hook zone drop. Nearly picked it, but it was coming in really hot from about five yards away, so that's a tough catch to make. Melvin Ingram and Emmanuel Austin 
Ogbaugh both won a pass rush on the same rep and would have met at the quarterback for a sack. Cameron Good had a very nice stack and shed in the run game to get into the notes for the first time this camp, shutting down a Savan Ahmed run. So there was a few sacks, but man, I thought the pockets were very good for the majority of the day. I thought Liam Eichenberg, Robert Hunt had a bunch of good blocks. I thought Kellen Deesh had some really good blocks as well, some good pass pro sets. And I'm sure there were others, but I just didn't have the notes to say so with confidence. So we'll come back to that. Uh, when pads come on, which next practice will have the pads on. Let's see what else here. Up front, uh, Christian was Christian, like clockwork with that dude. He's just he's so so dang good. Zach Sealer had some really nice plays against the rung. Emmanuel Ogba had some pressures. And then a couple of names here, Ben Still from Nebraska and Benito Jones, a third-year player. Both those guys had a couple of plays together today. That's a deep room in that interior defensive line uh, spot, but a lot of guys making their case uh, to make the roster. What else here? Next team drill, Tyreek had arguably the best route he's ran so far, and that's saying something, where he goes one way, slams on the brake, cuts it back the other way, and does it through contact without losing balance or change of direction through his acceleration. He's going to change the way this offense plays, man. He is, he is something. Him and Jalen Waddle, they're every day, every day, fun to watch. And that was the first pass of a, uh, a, a pass in a series of Tua throws that were very nice chunk gains. Another one to River Craycraft, where Tua does this cool pump to get the linebacker in coverage to take the cheese and kind of jump and wave the arms, which gives Craycraft a window to, to sit down in, and he throws that thing in there for a nice pickup about 15 yards. Later, he fires one outside to Cedric Wilson that looked like you know an innocuous 10-yard route to the perimeter, but the ball took Cedric away from the teeth of the defense and led him right into a nice little catch and run after the catch. And then Teddy comes in and does a fantastic job on a rep of evading a rush from the blitz off the edge, climbing up, resetting in the pocket, and ripping one to Tyreek for about 15 yards. Again, these receiver combinations with different quarterbacks and different looks, we're getting a lot of that. So lots of guys having chances to work with different players on offense. I think it's been effective so far. Lynn Bowden Jr. had a nice catch, uh, but a stop by Keon Crossan, who was right there for that stop. Crossan has had a a couple of plays like that, including a, a quick screen to Jalen Waddle, where he came up and took the towel off and was saying, no, sir, no, sir. He's He's been in good shape a lot. And if you've seen his tape, he's a really dang good tackler. So good news there for Keon Crossan. Kind of a random order today. I apologize about that. But Darius Hodge again made some plays, the outside linebacker. He had a, a rush working one-on-one against a left tackle that it forced an errant throw with a good uh, good rush where he ripped down the hands and got around the inside of that arc and, and put pressure on the quarterback. Been doing that a lot so far. And that's it. What a fun day. What a fun week. Let's take our last break here and then get to player media from the day here on Saturday. You can also check out the written piece up on MiamiDolphins.com by yours truly. Let's come back on the other side and hear from five veteran players here on your Miami Dolphins next Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Another great media session after practice, as we heard from Emmanuel Ogba, Mike Gesicki, Sony Michelle, Brandon Jones, and Teddy Bridgewater here on the Drive Time Podcast. Let's go ahead and start with Mike Gesicki. And I don't know about you guys, but I am loving these fan engagement questions and answers. Let's go ahead and start there with Mike Gesicki about what did you think about the energy at practice today with the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, fans are awesome. It's great. Um, but, you know, I said to Chris Greer when I was walking out here, I was like, I want him excited in January, you know. So it's cool to have him out here in July, and I think everybody's fans are excited in July. So we got to keep working and keep, you know, putting our head down and get to work because uh, everybody's excited right now. Everybody's optimistic. Uh, we got to go out and, you know, perform and keep, keep them excited and give them something to cheer about. And then this from Mike about attending Tight End U, the camp hosted by, I, I, think, it's, I think it's Travis Kelsey, uh, but talking about George Kittle, who, of course, played with Dolphins' current tight ends coach, John Embry, in San Francisco, here's Mike talking about the blocking aspect of this offense and what he's learned about it so far. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was talking with him just about the scheme, just about, you know, Embo and, you know, how he operates and, you know, Coach McDaniel and all that kind of stuff. So you try to, you know, just, you know, pick everybody's brain out there and obviously, you know, him being in this system um, and having success in it. Uh, but, you know, obviously – you know, he is one of, you know, honestly, the best blocking tight end in the league. And then you see what he gets off of it in the pass game because of it. So that's the that's the most important part. Um, and I'm going to keep working at it and keep doing it. Let's go next to Emmanuel Ogba, who said that he used to be able to do a backflip like the one Tyreek did before practice. I want to see a video of that because that is outrageously impressive for a guy that size. But Emmanuel talked a little bit about working with Coach Clark on technique and a coaching point of attack, react, and footwork, which that's one of my favorite groups to watch out there because of the way they go about their business and the production they get in the running game, the pass rush game, the batted passes. I mean, you know, the batted passes and pass rush, the sack numbers, the pressure numbers have been top of the league the last couple of years. Obviously, with Ogba being a big part of that, and another big part of that is Jalen Phillips, the second-year outside linebacker. So I wanted to ask Emmanuel Ogba what he's seen so far from the second-year backer and the biggest strides he's made so far. Here's Emmanuel on Jalen Phillips. Well, yeah, he's, he's doing a phenomenal job for us. You know, he's getting better every practice. You know, he has that mindset to be great. So uh, I just need improvement every practice from him. That same consistency he started during the spring. So. Let's go now to the running backs room and the homecoming of Sony Michelle. He was asked about the camaraderie in that running backs room with the new additions and the incumbents. Here is Michelle talking about how much fun he's having in that running backs room. The camaraderie been good. Uh, guys love to compete. Guys are out here working their tails off, trying to earn spots. Um, and that's what it's all about because uh, nothing is given. Everything is earned and, you know, you get what you earn out here. Sony also talked a little bit about the homecoming, his support system, how excited he is to be back home, and the energy of the fans in the building today. For all those availabilities, check out the team YouTube channel, Miami Dolphins YouTube. Next, let's go to Brandon Jones, who talked about kind of the camaraderie with that group. I mean, a good little carryover there about these guys coming together and how hungry they are and how they work together. Here's Brandon Jones talking about the DBs and their camaraderie. Just being able to have multiple years of experience together is huge. Um, we've been able to build a relationship kind of off the field, and that definitely shows itself on the field. So we, we, ha- we have fun. We're super tough on each other. We're very competitive, and I think that kind of fuels us every single day to try to be the best version of ourselves, and I don't know. It's been awesome. 
How about the team's reaction to Tyreek Hill coming out and pumping up the crowd? Here's Brandon Jones on that. So we knew he was going to pump the crowd up. I didn't know he was going to hit a backflip. So I was like, that might be actually really good for a warm-up, you know, to get the hips, the hamstrings right. So I might have to add that in. I don't know how to do one, but we figured out, though. Maybe he figured it out in the offseason, Brandon. I don't know. Just some advice there. <laughs> Let's go ahead and finish up here with Teddy Bridgewater. This one was cool. Let's play the first couple of answers from Teddy here, making an opening statement, talking about being back home in South Florida, and then his Christmas in July event, and getting to stay here after that, opposed to shipping off to camp in Denver, Carolina, New Orleans, the Jets, Washington, Minnesota, all the stops he's had in his career. Staying here in South Florida, here he is pumped up about this. Great to see some of the rookies. Uh, get the fans going with the uh, fan fun factory. Um, but, yeah, it's great competition out here, man. Guys competing at a high level. Uh, it's great to be a part of. How does it feel to be back home, Teddy? Uh, it feels great, man. Um, you know, it still feels surreal a little bit. You know, um, I wake up in the morning, it's like, man, I, I got to sleep in my own bed and, and come to work. So um, it's great. Um, great for this opportunity. Finish up here as Teddy had arguably the best Instagram post of 2022 for my money when he talked about the influence of athletes, setting an example for the youth, the right example. Here's Teddy talking about his South Florida upbringing and how much he wants to do his part to keep as many youth as he can on the right path. Yeah, man, um, it, it's, you know, it's so easy to be influenced, you know, nowadays, especially with what you're seeing on social media, what you're seeing on the television. Uh, it's so easy for the kids to be influenced by the wrong thing, but it's also so easy for them to be influenced by the right thing. So uh, just growing up down here, you know, I've, I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty. Um, I'm happy that I'm in the position that I'm in. I'm happy that I'm able to, you know, drive through the communities, drive through the neighborhoods, and you know, give my story and, and remind them that I walk those same sidewalks, uh, attended some of those same schools, lived on some of those same streets that they live on, and. Uh, just give them hope. I think that's a great place to end on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast. A little over a half hour for you here on the pod. Let's go ahead and get out of here for the weekend. Um, day off on Sunday. Back at it on Monday. I'm going to go to the beach tomorrow and catch up on some reading and some time with my girls. It's been a long week away from them. Uh, go ahead and check out the photo gallery, MiamiDolphins.com, the written report, the YouTube channel. Tons of content for you guys all throughout training camp. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter for daily camp updates and tweets live when the fans are here, not when there's uh, no fans here, but pretty fun to follow along with camp uh, when we get the live tweets going. So check that out at Wingfield NFL. You can follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast, Seth and Juice I believe they're going to be going once a week here pretty shortly coming up. Also, our Twitter Spaces show on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. Check out the YouTube channel for media availabilities, drive time interviews, fish tank interviews, and plenty of Miami Dolphins content. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com for all the written content, photo gallery, video stuff, top quotes, plenty of content for you guys over there, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline, Daddy's coming home.